Hey guys, welcome back to First Time Fantasy. We are back on video this week, and of course, uh, we got it straightened out now, so you can listen to this on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts as well. So if you prefer that, uh, you know, check us out on there, First Time Fantasy. Also, I'll plug it now instead of at the end. You can check out our Twitter. Uh, it is ftfantasy underscore. So check that out. We we retweet a lot of news throughout the week. Uh, a lot of different injury updates, stuff like that, and some of our own thoughts as well. So check us out if you get a second. But without further ado, uh, this is the fantasy forecast for week four. We'll give you some of the news, uh, some of the injury updates, and also a ton of players to start and sit. So I'm going to kick it off here with uh, quarterbacks to start. My first one is uh, Jalen Hurts. He had a pretty rough night against Dallas, but nonetheless, fantasy-wise, he still managed 20 points, which isn't too bad considering he threw uh, two uh, two picks. Uh, overall, the Chiefs defense hasn't been so great this year, so I think overall it's a pretty good matchup and would be a nice spot for him to bounce back. And if at the very worst it turns into somewhat of the Chiefs-Chargers where it ends up being a pretty high-scoring game, I think Hurts is definitely capable uh, overall. He wasn't a guy I was really high on going into the season. Uh, not that I wanted to draft him. There was a lot of quarterbacks I would have taken before him, but Fantasy-wise, he's he's been pretty pretty solid this year. Uh, so I think he's, even with uh, a bit of a questionable performance against Dallas, like I said, fantasy numbers-wise, he came through. And I don't think you'd uh, have a problem starting him unless, you know, I mean, if you got like a, I think what, Jason, our league has Kyler Murray. And, Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah if, if you're a team like that where you have like a Kyler Murray, you know, don't, don't sit him <laughs> to, to start Hurts or anything crazy like that. But I don't think you'd have to worry too much about Hurts being your uh, QB one going forward. Yeah, uh, my my first start for quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Cleveland defense is good. They've been mediocre, middle of the pack against the pass, and Cousins so far this season has been anything but mediocre. I mean, he's got we we've touched on this in the in the waiver wire pickup, but he has so many weapons around him. And he, he seems to have, have fine-tuned his game a little bit. And his, his accuracy is on display, his arm strength, his... like he, he, just, he looks like a new player this year. And this week against Cleveland, I think that it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, obviously, with Dalvin Cook back, he'll be a big part of that. But I also see the uh, Minnesota receivers get, having, having a big day, and that will all come from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I kind of like that too. I, I did see Baker popping up a little bit because of what you mentioned. It might be a pretty high-scoring game, and uh, both. I mean, be, both uh, of those teams have a good defense, yeah. but these both teams, their offenses are both very, very good. Yeah, that one should should be an interesting game for for sure this week. All right, my second here is uh, I mentioned about a ton this year. I think he's probably one of the most underrated fantasy players, and even now you might be able to get him in your league if you were desperate. But you got Derek Carr. Uh, he's once again just been impressive so far this year. Uh, I I still didn't understand why he was ranked so low, but you know, hey, it made it easy for me to draft him in in a few of my leagues and get him pretty late. Uh, but he's uh he's so far through the first three weeks, he's led the league in passing. Uh, of course, he's got pretty good weapons in Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, even uh, Renfro and um, Brian Edwards. So far, he's been really solid. His his worst game this year was against the Steelers, where he only threw for three hundred eighty two yards. Every other game. Uh, now, of course, you did have a little extra time in the first and the third one with both those games going into overtime. But, you know, for fantasy-wise, even if they lose those games, 
you're not upset with that because he still he still ends up putting up a ton of points and getting a few extra uh, throws in there. Uh, and first, the Chargers this week, I would kind of expect this to be a hot, pretty high-scoring game. Um, it also depends, too, on if he has Josh Jacobs back or not. While Peyton Barber seemed to come through pretty well, uh, I don't know. It, it kind of depends on if they can get that run game going or not. But nonetheless, I, I think either way, this will kind of be up to Carr to win just because the Chargers have proven that they can put up a ton of points. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see him, you know, throw the ball 30 plus times again this week and possibly getting close to that 400 yards mark uh, once again. Yeah, I like how you had to say that uh, his worst week, he only got yeah 382 <laughs> yards. Yeah, sadly enough, it, it was against the Steelers, but I was looking at it. Cause I, I just saw he's like over 1200 yards for the first three weeks. I was like, wait, what the hell? I was like, so this is the only game that didn't go into like overtime, and he still is just that close to the 400-yard mark, which is just, I mean, that's just like crazy. Also, I believe he's thrown for two touchdowns in every single game. So, so far, he's been pretty pretty consistent, like I said, with weapons like a uh, like guy like Darren Waller, especially in the end zone there. That's, yeah. uh, that's pretty easy when they don't have Jacobs to just like fall in pretty much. So, But his status is... Definitely up in the air this week, so that's something to pay attention to. Yeah, my uh, my second is Taylor Heineke. Um, he was kind of the butt of a lot of jokes in the offseason, including from me, um, just because he had that one good game last year against, or whenever he stepped in against the Chiefs, I believe. I think was it was it the uh, Chiefs? Bucks. The Bucks. Yes, game, it was yeah. one one of the one of the two Super Bowl teams, <laughs> and he played well, and then. This year coming in, we had Fitzpatrick, and he obviously had that hip injury in week one. And Heineke, he's, he's played well. He's he's stepped up to bat. He's he's done well. I know, Rick, you you were, I wouldn't say high on him, but you had some some hopes for this guy coming into the yeah, season. Definitely. And um, he's got good weapons. And most importantly, this week they are playing Atlanta, which is a very, very porous defense. Um should be another high-scoring game with how bad the Washington defense has been as well. Um, he also is possibly getting Curtis Samuel back this week. I don't expect him to be a huge factor right out of the gate, um, but no real better week for a, a big playmaker like him to come back than against this defense. Maybe he can get get a few deep balls in. Um, but I just I like Heineke. I don't like him as like a rest of the season guy but this week against that atlanta defense if you need somebody to plug in you could definitely do worse than heineke yeah definitely like that option as as well i think he's definitely a good good streaming uh candidate in a pretty not a bounce back game but for washington general yeah they seemed a little yeah. that defense needs a needs to get something going now it's definitely the the week um and with that i'll move on to quarterback sits for this week which brings me to matt ryan so like we just mentioned, the Washington football team defense, kind of expecting them to get back on track here. Uh, Chase Young doesn't even have a sack this year. You know, you might see them finally come around this week. It, every week it seems like they they should have, you know, been taken out. I mean, they barely beat the Giants, and I think they did have a few sacks that game. But, you know, they just haven't seemed really like themselves. And I, I don't know that... I know fantasy-wise, I was looking to draft them, but most times they got grabbed by other people. And I don't know that they're, like, overrated because it just seems like they haven't done... The defense just hasn't, like, really done anything. And I can't really blame them against um, the Bills last week just because the Bills 
I don't know. They're they're pretty insane. And when you have Josh Allen like on fire like that, just throwing dimes to the end zone, I don't know how you're supposed to defend that. But uh, they don't have to play Josh Allen and the Bills this week. They get Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Uh, but I don't think there's any reason to play Ryan. You probably have a better option on your bench or some of the streaming options like a Heineke or even Baker Mayfield that you could probably go and get right now before your matchup and start him with confidence, uh, especially over a guy like Matt Ryan who hasn't really done anything so far this season. Falcons offense only averaging 16 points a game, and it sounds like they they won't have Russell Gage again this week. So it's essentially Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, and uh, Calvin Ridley. That's it. So I think uh, Washington defense gets back on track this week and shuts down uh, that Falcons offense. I hope so because I want them to get the lead and then give Gibson the ball a bunch. But yeah. I guess we will uh, we'll find out. But my my first sit is Ryan Tannehill. I will start by saying in one of my leagues I will be playing him. I wish I had a better option this week. Um, <laughs> we, it's a two quarterback league, so it's very very limited for your second. And normally against the Jets, I would recommend playing everybody on that team. Just go ahead, run run the whole team, run the whole roster. Uh, but Tannehill has no A.J. Brown. He has no Julio Jones. He really doesn't have any weapons outside of Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's one hell of a weapon, but he's not really known for his pass catching. Uh, I I would try to avoid everything except for Derrick Henry in this Titans versus Jets game. Uh, it's probably going to be a pretty shitty one. Uh, you might have Henry run for 800 yards. And Hey, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I, it would not surprise me, but I would avoid everybody else in this matchup, and that includes Tannehill. Yeah, that I don't know. This like it's not, it doesn't feel like a trap game, but with Titans missing Leo and AJ Brown, yeah, I don't know. This I don't know. The Jets could finally get one. Like it's not impossible this week, even with them just missing AJ Brown. It was like oh, okay, like you know they get they got to get a win at some point, right? You I, know, and I don't think. I don't think the Jets will win, and I yeah. think it's going to solely be because of Derrick Henry. I, I really hope so because, I mean, I was hoping, you know, Julio at least plays. They have an offensive weapon. They can get a lead early because it's the Jets, and then Henry just gets to run the ball for, like, the whole second half, and my team just goes bananas. But we'll see how that works out. Uh, my uh, my second quarterback sit here is Teddy Bridgewater. He's been a decent uh, fantasy option, especially if you've had some injuries. Uh, he's been a good good guy to pick up and stream the first th- few weeks. Um, but unfortunately for him, he plays a much better team this week in the Baltimore Ravens defense. Through the first three weeks, he played pretty much the three worst teams in the league. Um, I mean, he looked okay, but playing an actual, like it feels like the season's like starting now. And like they have a good defense, but you know they they are missing uh, Jerry Judy. I believe one of their second or third receivers, uh, Hamler, I think, also went down. So you're kind of dealing with like Cortland Sutton and like Noah Fant. And I guess it really depends on um, their. I think it more depends on their run game. But uh, I would be shocked if Baltimore can can more or less shut that down. So I think if you've got a better option, there's probably no reason to start. Bridgewater against a much better uh, Ravens team compared to what they played the first uh, few weeks. So definitely fade him this week. Yeah, I have as my second uh, Daniel Jones. Part of what made Jones a viable fantasy option the last couple of weeks was his rushing totals. And not only 
is that going to continue to drop with Barkley getting his normal workload back? But this is also against a Saints team that is holding like running backs to under three yards per carry. And I don't think that will be any different for Jones. Uh, I expect him to have little to no rushing yards in this game. And I, I don't know, just the Giants, they're, they're a mess. That offensive line's a mess. The defensive front for the Saints is very, very good. So I just don't, I don't see it being a good matchup for anybody on that team. Uh, so much so that I almost put uh, Barkley on the sit. Yeah, I for, uh, for running backs. But I, I kind of thought about that for a second. But I think you know after last week he's not like back. But this yeah probably isn't a good I, matchup for him. But now yeah. it, now it feels like okay, well they have to run the ball at some point, right? Or he'll pass a few catches and mm-hmm. probably put up a decent showing. But uh, I mean yeah, didn't uh, didn't the Saints defense like pick off Mac Jones like three times last week or something? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, pretty sure the Giants won't have. Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton. That is so, correct. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much Barkley's the only option, which is the yeah. only reason why I didn't put him on my sit. But I don't know. This is a sneaky one that I, I just thought of. I didn't have this down or anything. But what about, and we'll get to tight ends, but what about like an Evan Ingram this week? Like they've, they're down two receivers. Who do you trust more, like Galladay or like Evan Ingram? Because Ingram did get a decent amount of targets last week. Yeah, I have a... I've been burned by Evan yeah. Ingram like two years in a row, so I just I try to pretend he doesn't exist. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, with that, we'll move on to running backs here. Uh, my first start this week is Antonio Gibson. Some of the reasons we already mentioned uh, with them playing a bit of a porous Falcons defense uh, and kind of expecting the Washington defense to get back on track, actually put some pressure on Ryan, and uh, hopefully for Washington that actually gives them uh, some time on offense to actually score and get kind of Gibson going. You know, last week he had that one nice catch and run, but that was even for hit, like the offense in general. That was like a ton of Heineke's yards, and that was the majority of uh, Gibson's fantasy points in production because I think he still only had a handful of rushes for like under 40-ish yards oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. So it wasn't great, but it's kind of the same thing where you kind of got to get back on track at some point. This is kind of the game uh, that they that I think that they should get it going, or at least you hope to see them get it going. Uh, like I mentioned with with um, uh, or I think you mentioned with Heineke with they got to play um, or they played the Bills last week, and I mean they got kind of crushed. So you know what what can you do there? I mean that's just mm-hmm. just kind of how it is sometimes. But if there was a week to get it back on track. This is definitely it. So look to uh, start Gibson. All right, I have as my first one Jonathan Taylor. Um, honestly, I am worried about him as from a full season perspective. Hines is getting a decent share of the workload and snaps in general, but the key metric here is that Peyton Barber just ran for over a hundred yards against the Dolphins, and Jonathan Taylor is much better than Peyton Barber. So as long as Taylor gets the workload, he should have a very big fantasy week the the workload is the big if though i i do think that the colts want taylor to be their feature back but i mean Hines is playing well they're giving him giving him the targets giving him the snaps and as until he gives them a reason not to i think that they're going to keep playing him at that capacity but 
I, I feel like Taylor is somebody you absolutely need to start this week. Yeah, it's it's funny. All I did was when I wrote when I wrote a note down for him, I just put he has to find the end zone at some point, right? That was it. That was it. That is, <laughs> I was like, it's true. good enough. It's like some point he's got to do it. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe this week is it. Um, my uh, my second start here is Kareem Hunt. Oh, hang on. What what the hell was that? You got Craig kicked you out, I guess. I don't know. All right. Anyways, all right. Well, I could just pick up right there with since we were just starting to, another player. I don't know what the hell that was. It just kicked me out real all, quick. All I heard, by the way, was my second start, and then <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, cool. All right. Well, that gives us a good point to to pick up at. So I'll just start from there. And make sure this is okay. Still recording. We're good. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So my second start at running back this week is Kareem Hunt. Uh, while he's is a bit overshadowed by Nick Chubb in general with him being their lead back, uh, Hunt seems to always have a role in the passing game, and he's he's been putting up some pretty nice performances uh, so far this year. Uh, the Vikings are also giving up nearly 120 rushing yards per game, and the Browns obviously have uh, two of the best running backs in the league uh, in the second-best rushing attack so far, averaging nearly 170 yards uh, rushing per game, so... Without uh, Jarvis Landry, you could still see Hunt getting uh, maybe some of that passing work that otherwise could have went to him. Um, and I think he easily gives you like some solid flex play with like easily some RB two potential. Uh, if you if you got a spot for him, I don't think there's any reason to to sit him uh, even this week. Uh, so my second start is David Montgomery. Um... I, I know a lot of people are probably panicking on him after the last few weeks, and I can't say that I blame you if you are. Uh, but this week he gets to play the Lions, and he, he's going to put up big numbers. And the he's going to be similar, I think, this season to a Josh Jacobs the last two seasons where the efficiency really isn't there, but the target share and the volume is just so large that he's going to have to put up good numbers. Um, he, where's that stat? He's been on the field for 82% of the team's offensive snaps. Oh, wow. And last week was the only running back to get a touch or a target. So the volume's there. That's not going to go away. He's a good player. He's not great, but he's a good player on an eh team, but he gets the volume. And this week he is going to get a ton of volume against a not so good defense. And I, I see him having a pretty big week. Yeah, the team is very strange in general. I know that didn't this week they were switching up like the play calling from like Nagy to their OC. Yeah. And then of course, I mean, I guess the quarterback question is also pretty important, which they essentially said Dalton's a starter, uh, unless he's not, <laughs> you know, like yeah. the other week. And then this week, even though he's like injured, they called him a game time decision. So you still have no clue if like him or Fields is gonna start. It's uh definitely strange, but the one constant is going to be Montgomery, which yeah. is Yeah, that that that's a ton of snaps to be on the field for, so they can actually straighten some of that out. I mean, it's definitely good good start there. Uh moving on to our sits for this week. Uh my first one here, Tyson Williams. Um I don't know. It, he's he's been pretty like lackluster the last few weeks. He only saw five uh carries versus the Lions, which I don't know what happened in that game that turned into like some weird 
defensive game. I mean, the Ravens had their chances to to put up a few touchdowns and they had some drops and um and just some weird stuff going on in general, but it turned into a really low scoring game and they didn't even run the ball that much overall. And on top of that, you still have Lamar essentially being their RB1. So it's tough uh, when they actually play a decent defense this week in the Broncos to want to start Williams if you, if you need to, maybe. But it just doesn't feel like this would be the week that you, that you want to slot him into like your flex or something like that. Uh, it'd be different if they if he was also like catching passes, but I don't believe he's really doing much of that either. So you might want to give him the week off and just let Lamar be the RB one and. Who knows? Maybe you know you you also have the chance of Murray being the one to fall into the end zone instead of Williams on top of that. So it's just a bit of a riskier play for sure. And they, like I said, they play a better defense this week, uh, especially than the Lions last week, and he didn't really do much there. Yeah, uh, my first one is Miles Sanders. Um, at first, you look at this matchup, you're like, oh, against the Chiefs defense that's allowing five yards per carry to backs this year. But I just the I don't trust Sanders and very clearly Philadelphia doesn't trust Sanders either. Uh, he already came into the season lower for me, not even just because of his lackluster season last year, but because with Jalen Hurts there, who is a mobile quarterback, you don't need a running back as much. And they also have who's their second running back? Uh, Gainwell. I think they yeah, Gain, is, uh, he Gainwell. a rookie he, or something. They just yeah, he Kenneth Gainwell, and he's he's been he's been playing well, and they're showing trust in him with a decent snap count. Um, and it's just when, when you can very obviously tell that a team does not trust a player, that's somebody who I don't want to touch with a 10 foot pole in fantasy, because you never know when that's just going to flip. And I, I see Miles Sanders as that kind of guy. He has big play potential this week against the chiefs. Uh, I do see Mahomes coming into this game with a vengeance and just lighting up the scoreboard. So there's also a good chance that, Philly will be playing from behind a lot and won't really be able to utilize the run. I just think there are too many things stacked against Sanders for him to have a good week. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my second one here is Damian Harris. And this is mostly because they're playing a pretty, pretty solid bucks run defense. Uh, he didn't really even see that many carries. They, they got, it's kind of a similar situation last week where they played the saints also have a pretty solid defense uh, I think they're going to be playing from behind again here against the Bucks, and there just isn't going to be enough room for for Harris. Even though James White, it does sound like he's done for the season with like a hip injury, which should kind of open up some more stuff for him. But uh, look for next week when they play someone like Houston and start him there instead of against uh, against a good Bucks team. That, uh, like I said, I think uh, Pats will probably play from behind Harris unless they have him catching a ton of passes. Uh, I don't think he's going to be too relevant this year. I mean, so far he's only caught five total passes. So I don't think that they're going to be using him like that, um, but it is possible with James White going out. So if you're desperate, toss him in your flex, but if you got another option, definitely uh, slot someone in ahead of him. And so my second is good old Chuba Hubbard. Um, everybody, and understandably, ran to the waiver wire to grab him this week. Um, the thing you need to know is that he is not Christian McCaffrey. Nobody is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, nobody's going to put up the numbers that he does. Mike Davis stepped in admirably last year uh, in his absence, but 
that doesn't just mean that any running back that's going to step in is going to have a big game. I think that this is a lot of the smoke and mirrors that surrounded uh, Madison last year, whenever he stepped in for cook for that, like two games. And I know that's probably, it sounds like a bad take because Madison just put up big numbers last week without cook, but flip the script one year ago, he had two games without cook and sucked. And I, I think that more often than not, that's going to be the case whenever you're replacing a superstar like CMC. And on top of that, Dallas defense isn't bad this year. They they look pretty good. Um, I, and I, the their offense is still very, very good. I, I just think kind of like with what I said with Sanders, there's just too many things in this game that uh, are going against Hubbard that I just, I don't, I don't see him having a great week. I know everybody's still going to start him, but I, I think you probably have better options on your team unless you are the CMC owner and he's out. Yeah. I think if you're like a CMC, um, maybe like uh, if you have one of the San Francisco running backs, like mm -hmm. if you're hurting the Josh Jacobs owner, if yeah, if you grab this guy because you already had injuries to your running backs, it would make sense. But I kind of agree with you there where the Dallas defense actually didn't look bad against against the Eagles. And I yeah, that that could be a, a definitely a questionable one that you yeah, but if you have someone rostered that's a little better, you might want to Yeah, I would I wouldn't there. sit a proven player in exchange for Hubbard. Yeah, for sure. Uh now we will move on to wide receivers starts here. Uh, my first one here is might be a little sketchy, but I'm liking him this week as Jalen Waddle. Even without Tua, he ended up seeing 13 targets with Brissett at QB, and he played the most snaps out of all the Dolphins receivers. Uh, it's more of the volume than anything with this, and we could see the script completely flip this week. You know, we've only seen Brissett for one week, and, you know, there's no guarantee that that happens again, but... If uh, if there was a, a Dolphins receiver that you actually believed in, I think it's definitely Waddle this week, uh, and you could at least make for some solid uh, some solid volume and give you a decent flex play there. Hey, my my first one is one that I go back and forth on all the time, but I I'm putting some faith into into my Pittsburgh Steelers this week, and I'm going to say to start Deontay Johnson. I mean, if you have him, you probably are anyway, but I. I, I don't know. I, the Steelers' <laughs> offense—it's complicated. Yeah, it it, lo it looks better when Johnson's playing. I, I think that they're going to have a decent week. I don't think they're going to win against the Packers, but I think they're going to look better than the last two weeks because it would be hard to look worse. And although Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin don't like to listen to my advice and run the offense through Chase Claypool and Najee Harris, they're they're going to do something like that except for just replace Claypool with Deontay Johnson and I see him getting close to double digit targets this week and if he's not the Deontay Johnson of last year catching at least six or seven of them and probably for a touchdown I I, I like the Steelers against the Packers to make it a close game I don't think they're going to win but I, I think that that close game will come straight through Deontay Johnson think you're right because i don't think there's any other way that they're gonna win <laughs> it needs to go through like johnson and like harris essentially yeah. but i have to say i'm not as optimistic as you <laughs> i already bet on the packers minus six and a half so <laughs> i uh i don't think that game is gonna turn out very well but yeah there's a Steelers receiver to start it's, it's definitely uh johnson uh moving on to my second start here i have obj 
this is kind of similar to why you might want to start Kareem Hunt. You know, they're still without Jarvis Landry, and even with OBJ just having one game back, I believe he had the most uh, targets out of all their receivers. Yeah, and he, he and, looked good. Yeah, he did, he did look bad. I know after the game he was saying, you know, he was, like, like exhausted. So it'll be nice. He's got one game under his belt. Uh, he gets He's getting, you know, some of that, like, game shape back. And uh, he ended up catching five of his nine targets, which, I mean, the, the volume there is pretty encouraging. Uh, and he ended up with 77 yards. So if you were like me and you drafted OBJ and then all of a sudden he didn't play for the few, first few weeks, you get a break because now he's default the the de facto top target there and uh, definitely a guy that can put up, uh, at the at worst, I think he's probably putting up wide receiver two numbers. Uh, some of the same reasons we already mentioned with like starting Cousins and whatnot, it could easily be a high-scoring game. And, I mean, Cleveland's got to throw the ball to someone. It, mm-hmm. They can run it all they want, but they'll have to throw it to someone, and OBJ is really their their main target there. Yeah, my uh, my second one is uh, somebody who I've talked about a million times, and you might think that it's a cheating one at this point, but uh, Mike Williams, and the reason I threw him on here is because, according to ESPN, he's only being started in around 70% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Who the f- who the fuck do you guys have on your team <laughs> yeah, right. that you're that you're not starting this guy who's wide receiver two on the season, averaging nearly 26 points in PPR? They, what else does he have to do? It's three solid, very, very good. No, three solid, great showings to start off the season. Is that going to continue at 22 points plus? No, but he's playing against a middle of the pack defense literally middle of the pack ranked 16th against the pass. And I, I just think he's going to have another solid week. Is he going to put up 30 some points again? Probably not, but between 15 and 25 is that's a big spread, but that's pretty, pretty easy to say. That's what's going to happen. And if you are one of the, or somebody in the 95% of leagues that are rostering him, let's bring that start percentage (laughs) up to the 95%. Yeah. I think uh, after week one, I grabbed him in a league. There was, or maybe I, I can't remember if I drafted him in one of my leagues or not. But I think I grabbed him off waivers. And I, after week one, I was like, "Oh, cool, this guy's popping off." Like you saw a ton of targets. It, week two is the same thing, and I don't think there's any reason uh, to not not start him. I think funny enough, I think a guy I work with was uh, I mentioned something about it. I was like, oh, "I lost my matchup by like five points," and you know, Dak almost pulled it out, but he didn't. And then he was like, "Yeah." yeah. I uh, I didn't start Mike Williams and like someone else. There's like two guys that popped off for like 20 plus points. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I've been starting Williams since like week two. I got him off like waivers in one of my uh, in one of my leagues. But yeah, he seems like a no brainer at this point. You know, I don't I don't know who's uh, in that like 20 ish percent that isn't starting him. But and you're missing out <laughs> for, for anybody out there. Um, if he has a bad week this week, try to trade for him. People will be like, oh, he's back to normal. He's the same old Mike Williams, and you could probably get him for a decent discount, but um, that's just because people are stupid and they overreact and panic. And yes, Austin, I'm talking about you if you're listening. <laughs> well, let's move on to wide receiver sits here. Uh, I'm going to keep it with uh, some of the similar teams we just talked about. I mentioned Waddle as a start, and I'm going to also mention Fuller, Will Fuller as a sit. Uh, he's already kind of known as a boomer bust guy. And with Brissett at QB, they seem to be keeping it more to the short passing game, which is why you'd want to start someone like Waddle or even Kaseki uh, at tight end there. But I don't think there's really a reason to start Fuller. And I mean, it's always possible he catches that one or two deep pass for a touchdown and 
that's great. But either way, he's not going to be doing that every week, and it doesn't seem like that's really the the game plan here, uh, especially with the Dolphins playing the Colts. Colts actually have a decent defense, so I'd much rather go with Waddle that might actually get the volume compared to Fuller maybe catching like a few of his, you know, maybe catches a few of his targets. Even then, it's a little bit sketchy, but yeah, definitely sit Fuller this week. I have uh, Michael Pittman Jr. as my number one here. I actually like him a lot uh, for the rest of the season. I have tried to roster him in as many leagues as possible. I think he's going to have a big, big season as a whole. But this upcoming Sunday, he's going to be shadowed by Howard all day. And that's not really a good assignment for any wide receiver, let alone somebody who's still like finding his own in the NFL and with a banged up quarterback in once. I I just don't I don't see him having a big day. I don't I'm not panicking on him for a whole season. I I still like him as a good bench stash, but for this Sunday I will be leaving him on the bench. Yeah, I'm going to like I said keep it with a similar team here. So you mentioned Deontay and I'm going to go with Juju for my sit this week. Uh Claypool didn't practice. Uh, I believe it was Thursday and Friday. I could be wrong about that, but that's a guy you that's right. Was that I believe that's true. Okay, yeah. So you got to pay attention to his status. It does sound like Deontay's good, and it sounds like Juju's good. Uh, Claypool doesn't play. That should open up some targets for Juju, but we already mentioned the Steelers' offense is just not... I I don't believe after these last few weeks, and like you mentioned, uh, I, I don't think that... I think they'll be better because can they be any worse? Like, I probably not. I hope not, at least. But I don't think I'd feel confident starting anyone besides Deontay and the offense, like we already mentioned, should pretty much just go through Najee and uh, Deontay Johnson, and hopefully maybe they can actually get the run game going. I was thinking of Najee as a pass catcher still, <laughs> and I remembered that the Steelers are like dead last in rushing, <laughs> so if they could get that going too, maybe it could actually open something up for, for some of these receivers. But um, if Claypool doesn't go, Juju maybe has a chance, but... Uh, I think Deontay is the play here and give Juju the, the week off with having a sketchy quarterback in, in Ben. So, Yeah, I have um, Marquise Brown as, as my second. I The guy is proving week after week that he's got stones for hands and he's, he's just, he's not that good. He's not that good and he's on a team that's very run happy. And I, I, I don't understand what the hype around him still is. Uh, people seem to want to start him. ESPN says that he's going to get 13 plus points every week. And I guess it's just because it's a high scoring offense, but playing against a solid uh, Denver defense this week and with Lamar uh, pretty, pretty banged up. It sounds like I just, I don't see him. I, I don't see him having a good season for the rest of the season, but I especially don't see him. Uh, doing well against a solid Denver defense with his quarterback, who prefers the rush, all banged up. Yeah, I, I and, saw a uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was no. If you're going to talk about Marquise Brown, go ahead. I just had an extra like mini sit to add in. Oh no, I was gonna. I was pretty much doing the same thing where I saw oh. Watkins popping up on a lot of uh, a lot of sits as well this week. Yeah, I I just wanted to throw in there. I I, I saw a lot of fantasy analysts tweeting about oh Jones and Brown are out. Check out these Titans receivers. Don't don't get cute. Don't play a Titans receiver just because the top two are gone. I don't care if they're playing against the Jets. 
one of them might have a good week, but that's just stupid. That would be dumb to, to roster one unless your team is decimated and looks horrible, which I guess Lucas could probably take one of those on. Yeah, I mean, I, I am missing, like, I'm I'm a Brown owner in our main league, and I also have T. Higgins, but, I mean, I could slap both of them on, like, IR for, like, I guess now Higgins is out for a second week, and there's a chance Brown also stays with the out designation, and, and I actually get, like, those two slots for multiple weeks but at this point uh i mean the only reason i think higgins didn't play was because it was a short week and so i didn't and i think at one point he was questionable so i never moved mm. him to my ir but i don't think my first option would have been going to the titans receivers like obviously they got to throw the ball to someone and that that might happen one of those guys might catch another touchdown or two or or something like that put up numbers but yeah that would be like strictly like you're desperate and you need to stream like a guy in your flex because you're, I don't know, I guess you're like me and you have at least, you're missing like two receivers. You probably need like another injury or two to really make that viable. But yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, So moving on to tight ends this week. And I think we're both kind of in the same boat here where we don't really have solid start and sits. I mean, I, you probably agree that for the most part at this point, we know who the tight end ones are. And barring like injury, which is pretty much the only thing dictating my picks this week, uh, you're, you're going to start whoever your guy, you know, that you already have rostered unless you really, really want to switch it up because you have like a maybe like Hunter Henry or John U. Smith where neither one's really doing too much and you want to make a change. So I only really have a few streaming picks here. For the most part, it's the big winners from from last week. So if you're comfortable with like um, maybe like a Dawson Knox because they're playing the Texans. And of course, you know, the Bills have a pretty high powered passing offense. It might be a good streaming candidate. Pretty much the same thing goes for Tyler Conklin, who is uh, the Vikings tight end. He finishes tight end two last week. It's the same reason. Cousins has been playing well. Um, that game could be high scoring. If he catches another touchdown, you know, he ends up being fantasy relevant all of a sudden. You know, maybe you see like 10 points out of him. And same thing again goes for Dalton Schultz, although I think this is definitely the sketchier one because he's essentially splitting snaps with uh, Blake Jarwin. I think last week, Dak just happened to throw to him when he was on the field, and that was it. But those were kind of the big uh, big winners from last week um, that, are, that aren't really rostered in a ton of leagues. So if you're looking to stream a tight end, there you go. If not, then you know start your guy who you already have rostered and call it a day. Yeah, that sounds good for me because I, yeah, like you said, tight ends at this point in the season are usually... Yeah, you have a few, like you mentioned, that you can stream, but other than that, most people have their their starting one, and it's too risky of a position to move around. Yeah, the only, I guess, this is, like, high risk, but I know I did mention Evan Ingram earlier, and if there's a week where he's going to be useful, they're missing both their top receivers. Unfortunately, they're playing a decent defense, but, I mean, they got to throw the ball to someone, right? I mean, I think he did have, like, six-ish like targets last week although he did fumble one so not starting off on the right foot there for coming back but if you wanted to get kind of sneaky with it or you were like really desperate I don't know maybe all these guys got grabbed up in one of your leagues or something I if you're looking for I've been seeing more and more on a bunch of the fantasy stuff where if you're looking for the home run maybe go for a guy like that you know if you're if you're desperate and and you really want to go all out Maybe, maybe do that. It's it's probably a bad idea, but it's interesting with them just missing a bunch of their pass catchers already. Uh, and it, at least he saw some volume last week, so there's an outside chance he's he's relevant. Yeah, yeah, that's um, 
everything I have for this week should be another fun week. The football fans have been very fortunate this season so far. Pretty much every primetime game has been a, a close, fun one. Yeah. And hopefully that continues tomorrow. Yeah. The only other uh, thing I want to mention real quick is injuries again. Uh, we already touched on like Julio and AJ Brown being out. You also have no Giovanni Bernard for the Bucks. Uh, so maybe look for Fournette to get some some more passing work. Uh, Atlanta is going to be missing Russell Gage. You had Antonio Gibson questionable with the shin. Um, George Kittle is probably the biggest one here. They uh, Shanahan said he's not guaranteed to play, and he's questionable with uh, a calf injury, I believe. So that might be definitely the biggest one to uh, keep an eye on. And same for Gronk as well. I believe he was rolled as doubtful going into that game. Um, so at least have you know have a guy you can can slot in at tight end, which you know we just mentioned a couple of good streaming options there. Uh, and then, of course, like we we touched on too, Sterling Shepard and uh, Darius Slayton, both out for the Giants. Um, but and uh, Chase Claypool was another one that we we mentioned as well. But just some stuff you gotta you gotta pay attention to. If not, you might miss out on you know like me who has James Robinson in another league, and I saw that Carlos Hyde was inactive, and I still sat James Robinson, and I missed out on twenty points. So. Some of the things you got to pay attention to and to actually capitalize on some of your fantasy matchups and win your week. Yeah, you don't want to be stupid like Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. try to avoid it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, you got anything else? Are you good? Good. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching, and we will uh, see you on Tuesday. All right. Thanks. See you guys.